Hey friends, welcome to the Live Your Freaking Life podcast. I'm your host, Christine. And I'm your other host, Selena. We are two BFFs and life coaches who talk about the science of happiness and well-being to help you live your freaking life. And today we are going to be talking about decision-making. Mm. Mm. But before we get to that, yeah, how are you? How are you doing? I'm good. I had an exciting thing happen this week been anticipating this for a little bit and couldn't talk about it on the podcast. Oh, that's right. I actually know what this one is. So my son Jordan was here, as you guys know, um, for a few days, went home um, on, when did he go home? Last Thursday, whatever. Yeah. Worked a day and then drove six hours to the interior of BC to a place called Rebelstoke, something like that, to go snowboarding with his fiance and some friends. And while they were there, the last I was going to say, he went to go snowboarding with his girlfriend. Yes, with his girlfriend. And the last day they were there up on the top of this amazing mountain. The scenery was absolutely beautiful. He proposed and she said yes. And they are, Jim and I were FaceTiming with them forever, like several times last night, just getting every detail of the story. And it was so incredibly sweet. Oh, and the ring is beautiful and it's kind of like a family heirloom type of a thing that was custom made for her. And oh my goodness, I could not be happier. That I, is so cool. Yes. Congratulations. So, highlight of so my week. So exciting. And the pictures. Oh my gosh. Aren't they beautiful? They are gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, goodness gracious. Oh, I mean, I'm never going snowboarding like ever. Yeah, me neither. But if I could be magically transported to the top of that mountain and magically transported back down, I would totally be there. Well, you can. They're called gaunt- like ski lifts. You get up to the top and then you can go back down. You can take it back. That's yeah. That would be my yeah. idea it's of spending beautiful. the day on the slopes. Yes. I'd just ride the lifts all day. Mine too. And stop at the cafe on top and yes. overlook, right? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, fairy tale. It definitely looked like fairy tale. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? That is so cool. Um, How about me? You know, I don't even know what's happening. <laughs> weird like what did I do all week Uh, you know truth be told the last couple of weeks I've been to a lot of doctor appointments Mm -hmm. and a lot of procedural mini procedures and tests and all that fun stuff um nothing life or death but I just feel like I've been going from one yeah one doctor appointment to the next and then it's phone calls with doctors and it's yeah pain management and pain management and everything that goes with it so it's good. I think, I think we've settled on what we're going to do and I don't really want to talk about it today, but yeah, it's going to be a bit of a journey the next mm. couple months for sure. Okay. So that's what I've been doing. Yeah. It's not like, this is nothing exciting No, at all. Not fun, but moving forward and necessary. There's, there's the spin, right? It's necessary. Yeah. Thank You're you seven for spinning that. Mm-hmm. Now we need to take care of ourselves. Yeah. So this is me taking care of myself, blah, blah, blah. It's Good. fine. You're listening to your body. Well, sometimes you can't. Help well, I was going to say your body, it right? has given me zero choice yes. whatsoever, but to I listen. Know. So here we are. I'm with you there. So here we are. Ugh. Anyway, so decision-making. Yes. Okay. Ugh. How are you? Do you feel like you're like a good decision-maker or do, do you agonize? Like, tell me. Oh, I second guess everything. Now I'm getting better because what I've realized is the spin in my brain over just constantly not making a decision and just thinking, 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 overthinking, overthinking, second guessing, even when I think I've made a decision is it plagues me Mm. and it takes away my peace. 
Yeah. And so I'm starting to say, and this is even, I think speaks to procrastination too, but that's what happens with decision-making, right? We procrastinate totally. on making a decision. And so um, I, I have started to become very intentional about like, okay, I say to myself, stop the spin, make a decision. Because even if it isn't like you find out that wasn't the best decision, okay, you pick yourself up and you, you keep moving forward because I can't afford for the spin mm. in my brain anymore. Like it just robs me of so much. Um, so, so I'm working on it. That's interesting. You yeah. can't afford the spin anymore. Yeah. Huh. Cause it's that constant, right? It's just like this replay over and over again, over and over again. And it takes, it's a waste of time. True story. Yeah. So yeah. How about you? So I make decisions from the gut mm-hmm. all the time. I am a very quick decision maker, yeah. actually. Um, I have always been that way. My, this is not a learned behavior. This is just, I don't know. It's, I can remember, I can remember like being a teenager and being like, well, I don't know, but I'm going with this and I'll just deal with the consequences, good or bad. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where a lot of times if, if we tend to overthink things, I think it's because we doubt our ability to handle whatever's going to come as a result. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, so my brain always was just, well, if it's the wrong one, I'll just handle it. Okay. But can I tell you the other side of that? Yeah. For me, a lot of times it's making a decision. I think what I doubt I'm going to be able to handle or what I hate the idea of having to handle is how my decisions are going to affect other people. Oh, well, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's part, that's a big part of the spin. Yeah. So that's very interesting. Yeah. That is interesting because I, I guess it depends on the situation, Yes, but I'm not sure that I thing. factor that in a whole lot because I trust my intuition and I go with that. Yeah. And if my intuition is correct, then everybody's going to benefit. Yeah. Right. So it's very, very different. And here's the thing, like so many people, get hung up on decision-making. Oh, they really, yeah. really do. Part of the problem is there's so many freaking decisions. There's so make. many freaking no. decisions, but honestly, I think the bigger problem is we have too many choices. I'm sorry. That's what I meant. You meant that? I'm so sorry. Okay. <laughs> there's so many options out there, like there so are. many choices that it's like, especially with our access to the internet and social oh media and seeing all of the different things. Sometimes we get like it's decision Fatigue. Yes. It's a thing. And I remember years ago, and this was super helpful for me as I like just strategize different things is like when people are confused, they say no. That's a market like marketing 101. Yeah. Right. When people are confused, they say no. So you've got to make things easy and obvious. And in our worlds that we live in, I think we're confused most of the time because there are so many different options. It's true. And what's so interesting about that is that it's an American thing. Mm. It's strictly an American thing. So there was a whole study done. Um, I don't, don't ask me where or when I don't remember, but the idea was, would you prefer to be able to choose from 50 flavors of ice cream or 10? Mm -hmm. And this was a worldwide study done. And the United States was the only one that answered they'd prefer 50. Wow. Every other country in the world was like 10. Thank you. That's interesting. Here's the problem. Decision fatigue is a real thing. And we think, 
and and it's true, but we have in our head, especially here in America, that having many choices is a form of freedom. I was going to say that. Yep. It's it we gives us freedom. all those choices. But yep. here's the problem. It is not giving us freedom internally. Mm-hmm. It's giving us a false sense of freedom. Yeah. Why? Because we do that thing you just said. Yeah. We ruminate. We go over and over and over it. And, and it, again, I get it. Like that choice gives us a sense of autonomy and autonomy is related to overall well-being, life satisfaction. Like it's important that we feel that, Yeah. but we don't need 50 flavors of ice cream. No. It's overwhelming. Yeah. And that's interesting that you said, because I'm a seven on the Enneagram, yeah. right? As we all know. And so I love variety. Gluttony is my, like the deadly sin for the Enneagram, right? I mean, yes. for the seven. And so, um, interesting when you asked the question, my first response was 50 all day long. But then when I thought about it, I was like, no, because I know what that feels like. As a matter of fact, in Vancouver, there's this like gelato place that has over 200 flavors of gelato. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. And I was like, excited to go to this place. We got there and I was like, crap. Like I really want kind of wanted to run out. I wanted to taste them all. Yes. First response. But then like to make, to decide what I actually wanted in my cone, I was almost paralyzed. Yeah. There were just too many choices. And I started to think, oh my gosh, I wish. And then that's when I do the, even when I go, you know, when you go to a restaurant with me, oh, I'm yeah. like so excited when the menu's, yeah, there's all these different options. And then I say to the server, what's your favorite thing? Like help me decide mm-hmm. because I can't, because now I'm so overwhelmed. Like I, and I don't want to pick the wrong thing. Cause then I get food envy. You know that. Oh, I know. But like, but that is a simple, you know, yeah, example, totally. but Totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember the, um, jewelry accessory store, charming Charlie? Yeah. Okay. Oh gosh. I freaking loved charming Charlie color coordinated, color coordinated. Everything was sorted by different color. Like you could walk through the store. Here was my thing. So, you know, I love me a good accessory, Mm -hmm. right? So that was like, it was, it's like Claire's for grownups. I was just thinking about Claire's. I was just like shopping for for my granddaughter. Yep. On a, on a much larger scale. Yes. So when they first opened around here, I was so excited because mm-hmm. I was going to one out of town. The problem was I would get overwhelmed every time Me I too. walked in there. I hated that And store. would leave with nothing. <laughs> I used to have this rule where I could not just go in to look around because I would leave frustrated mm. or agitated mm-hmm. and for no reason. Like I'm going in there. I'm not even looking for anything, but I will leave there agitated mm. because the amount of things to choose from was overwhelming. Yep. And more often than not, I left there with nothing. Mm. So I had the rule where I could only go in there if I was looking for something specific. Yeah. I need a pair of blue earrings, right? Yeah. And then I'm just going in for that. Because it just got to be, and then it was too simple much. because you went to the blue section, you went oh, to the exactly. earring section, it narrowed you it down. Earrings, you got out of there. Yep. yep, it narrowed it down. I totally agree. I think you know on a much bigger scale. So that's like ice cream, jewelry, right? Sure. Accessories. But when I think about career choices, yes, especially for like younger people these days, you know, these days. Younger you just people, said young kids like, these days. Yeah, young oh people, my word! Meaning like. People who are like right now, junior, senior in high school, all because now they have access, which is so cool in one, on one hand access to like, oh my gosh, there's a whole big world out there and I can see it. I can, you know, I experience it knowing that there are all these choices. My heart breaks 
and always has. I've always had like this. Oh my gosh. Cause I remember what it felt like being 17 years old and trying, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? Where oh, are you right? going to go to How school? Are you what are you, you going to choose? Yeah. And that was, it was overwhelming then, but this is the part these days, meaning now Oh yeah, it's like, oh my gosh, somebody help these kids yeah. because it's, yeah. So, but even as a 40 year old, 30 year old, 40 year old, 50 year old, like you, it's still kind of like, did I pick the right career choice? Right. Or I think, I don't even think I like the career that I'm in right now. Maybe I want to do something else. What do I do? Yeah. And then we get analysis paralysis. Oh, absolutely. Because too many choices. Yep. That's my, my MO is analysis paralysis. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I want to talk a little bit because I had, we had mentioned this in our prior podcast where we talked about maximizers and satisficers mm. when it comes to decision-making. Mm-hmm. So a maximizer is somebody who is going to look for the perfect answer to this decision. Mm-hmm. So whether it's the perfect gift to buy somebody, the perfect job, the perfect house to buy, I mean, you name it, it's mm-hmm. got to be perfect. And they're going to research out the wazoo mm-hmm. and research and research and research, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what maximizers do. Um, here's the problem or the consequences with being a maximizer. You're going to have more social comparison. You're going to make more social comparisons. You're going to have less confidence in your decision. Mm -hmm. Why? Because you've explored 20 other options, right? Um, You're going to do more ruminating and you're going to have a lower optimism and lower life satisfaction. So all those people who think researching out the wazoo for something is going to be the most helpful. It's not. Jim Frasier, are you listening? <laughs> I mean, I have that. I am a maximizer, but Jim is like the ultimate maximizer. Really? I'm trying to yeah. find a water treatment system and like decide on which one. I can't even tell you how long. Oh, really? Still. That I've would drive me up several in the cart. And still, we're, That's we're funny. still talking about it. I'm drinking crap water. Thank you so much. <laughs> Bottled crap water and plastic. Lord, forgive me. Go ahead. You just totally... <laughs> railroaded your husband on the podcast. That's so fun. Knows him. I'm so sorry, Jim. One on the Enneagram wants to do the right thing by the right product. I know. And I appreciate it. We're a great balance for each other. I know. Um, but I am also like I'm just not as far. I don't do as much research. Yeah. But I because I'm in the thinking right quite right. So yeah. I'm constantly like I've got to do the research. I've got to have the data. I've got to know. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. Not as much. And honestly of the two of us, obviously Frank is going to be more the maximizer than I am. He will research things for months yes. before he buys something for himself if he ever decides to get something right. for himself. No, no. Um, I can't do that. That makes me crazy. Yeah. So the other side of that spectrum are satisficers. Mm-hmm. Satisficers will settle for really good. Mm. That's the difference. Maximizer is looking for perfect. Oh yeah. Satisficers will settle for really good. And here's the deal over and over again, research has shown they're happier with their decisions. That's nice. They are happier with their decisions. They experience less regret, less stress, and they spend more time on the things that they feel are important to them. Yeah. Cause they're not spending time ruminating. That's exactly, exactly. That makes right. sense. That's exactly right. So here's, what's really, really interesting about maximizers and satisficers. What the research has shown is that being a maximizer for small decisions Right. So like what cereals am I going to eat? You can compare, read sugar levels, all that fine, you know, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. That's fine. What exercise equipment am I going to get? 
Cool. Do your research, be a maximizer, look for the perfect thing for you in that. In small decisions, it's great to maximize, but in the large life decisions, excuse me, like who to marry, Mm. what job, career, house, big life decisions, it is always best. And you are always happier with your decision when you go with your intuition and you satisfice. Mm. Isn't that interesting? It's very interesting. Go with your gut for big life decisions. I've totally found that to be true. Yeah. When you do that. Yeah. Yeah. I remember one time Jim talked about wanting a boat for so many years and he worked so hard. At one point he was working seven days a week. It was crazy. And he had saved money and but, and I was like, finally, I said, let's, let's just go to the dealership and let's just look. And I literally looked at the guy in the eye, the deal, the guy that owned the dealership. And I said, here's the thing. We're not leaving here until my husband buys a boat. I'm not leaving here. I'll buy the boat. <laughs> like, I don't care. And that's what it took though. And then she bought his boat. And it, now, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it just, and that was one of those, like enough ruminating, enough spinning, enough research, enough, like. Let's just do this so that you can have like, like some more life satisfaction. Like exactly. actually have something to do. And yeah. 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 It's a hundred percent the truth. And here's, here's another really cool thing that we learned about, you know, decision-making and the science behind it is that depletion is a big problem when it comes to decision-making. Now, again, I can go back to um, especially us here in the US, right? Mm-hmm. So we get up in the morning and we have to decide what we're going to have for breakfast. Well, we have six different boxes of cereal or six different, yeah. you know, whatever smoothie packages that you could make, mm-hmm. right? So right there, right off the bat, we're making a decision or I have four creamers to choose from. I have to make a decision with that, right? And then I'm going to go scroll on my phone, which is going to shout all these voices at me and get me thinking about all these different things. Mm -hmm. This is depleting, right? Mm -hmm. Then I'm going to go to my closet to get dressed Mm -hmm. and I'm going to have hundreds of pieces of clothing to choose from. Mm -hmm. So I got to make a decision of what to wear. Mm -hmm. Now you would think these small things don't matter, but they do over the course of a day. They really matter over the course of a day. And so the old adage, let me sleep on it Mm. is vital. It's vital because at the end of the day, we're not making good decisions anymore hmm. because we are so depleted. We have ego depletion and we're not making wise decisions okay, because wait. we're just tired. What we're do just you mean by ego of... depletion? So ego depletion, um, when they talk about it in this sense, this is really kind of um, been researched by Roy Baumeister. So what he talks about with ego depletion is like self control or self-regulation is like a muscle Mm. and you can fatigue that muscle over the course of a day. It becomes depleted and then it's harder to make good decisions. Okay. So his research really opened up the doors to that train of thought. And so it's really interesting because here's what I know to be true about me. I cannot go on Amazon or any other shopping websites after 11 PM. Why? Because when I do, I will just buy one of everything. Mm. Oh, it's terrible. It's terrible because I'm tired and I'm like, oh, that looks fun. Oh, I'm just going to get it. It's, oh my gosh, Christine, it's terrible. I buy the stupidest stuff after midnight. If I'm up after midnight, oh my word. That's when like the Amazon box comes and Frank's like, what is this? And I'm like, I don't know. It could be a llama. I have no idea. (laughs) I ordered so many stupid things. I, 
I don't know. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We joke about the llama all the time. He's like, did you order something from Amazon? There's a box. I'm like, it's the llama. I don't, I don't know. I oh, just, wow. That's a problem. But yeah, I get tired at the end of the day and then I don't want to make a choice. So I just buy them all. Yeah. It's terrible. Hmm. Do you do that? Or is this just, no, me? I do not do that. Seriously. Wait, do I do that? Okay. Well, I don't, I don't think I do that. <laughs> you don't think you do that. Jim will listen to this and be like, uh, yeah, you do. <laughs> um, I'm not, I, well, part of it is, no, I don't think I do. I was just going to say, I'm not really on my phone at 11 o'clock at night. Like I don't typically do that. Yeah. Like, and I don't do it all the time. Thank God. Or we would yeah. be so broke. <laughs> right. I'm trying, I'm trying to think of the, yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know, but yeah. that I mean, it makes sense. It does. What it makes saying. sense. Well, and here's the other thing when it comes to sleeping on it, right? If we just decide, you know what, it's the end of the day. I am not going to make a good decision here. I need to just go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Our brain then has the opportunity. And if you didn't listen to our sleep episode, go back and listen oh, to get gosh. some freaking sleep. Yes. Our brain has the opportunity to take all that raw data, all that raw information and categorize it and process it mm. and place it. And we wake up in the morning, oftentimes with clarity, we, we did not have the night before. And because we think we weren't even thinking about it, it feels like magic. Yeah. No, our brain has been working on it the whole time. Yeah. That makes so much sense. Cause I'm just thinking like Lisa Grafe and I, when I worked at the church, she was, um, she was so brilliant and was assisted me with a lot of things. And at the end of the day, when we would, a big topic would come up, her and I would, we would talk about it. And then we'd look at each other and we'd go, let's sleep on it. Yeah. And then we'd come back in the morning. And it really was, it was like, yep. Okay. This is how we're going to move forward. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, now what I don't like is yeah. let me sleep on it for a week. Yeah. No, <laughs> for a month. No, right. because you're just prolonging it. And you're here's, spinning, right? well, and here's the deal. Not making a decision is a decision. Yes. Indecision is a decision. Don't fool yourself into thinking like, well, I just can't decide. No, you've decided you're not deciding. Right. And we don't get anywhere yeah. when we do that. We don't get anywhere. Now, if you need time to think about it, great. If you need time to research, great. But again, we are always happier with our decisions when we settle for really good. Yeah. Because we think perfection is out there, but it's not. Yeah. It's almost never is. Yeah. I think we pat, I, I use myself as an example. I think I pat myself on the back because excellence is my yeah. Standard, right? Yeah. Like I'm committed to excellence. That's what you get rewarded for. Oh yeah. Heck That's yeah. what, right. That's what you get promotions for. That's you like high capacity excellence, you know, all of those things. But in reality, I think that it, it does a couple of things. It, one of the most, you know, um, detrimental things is what it does to your like mental health. Oh yeah. Right. Like yeah. you're again, again, it's just like robbing you of the peace and I, that's a question I've actually had to ask myself over the last few years is getting good at saying, okay, getting better at saying, is this good enough? Yeah. Right? Like Christine. Yeah. And, and a lot of times it's Christine, this is good enough. Like when I was writing my book, it was, I never, when I had to turn in like, okay, this, Ugh, this yeah. piece is done, you know, is due right now. And I had to turn it. It was like, it plagued me. I, it was horrible because I was like, I know I can make it better. I know I can make it. And it was like, no, it's good enough. Like, yeah hand it off. And for perfectionists, I think oh, that's I a good question to ask. Like, okay, let's, what is good what enough? Is good enough? What yeah. is really good? Because perfection does not exist. Yeah. 
It yeah. does not exist. It's funny. You, you had mentioned it earlier, being afraid of making the wrong choice. Mm-hmm. And I think that is where we go wrong so often in the decision-making process because, and this, I can I've got to credit Emily P. Freeman when it comes to talking about making decisions. Mm-hmm. She has a whole podcast about that and a book and a guided journal called the next right thing. Um, she's fantastic in talking about decision-making mm-hmm. and decision fatigue and things like that. And one of the things she talks about is how we have this tendency when we're making a decision to want to peer into the future mm. to inform us as to what decision to make. Right. Right. The problem with that is that the future has not happened. Right. <laughs> right. And we talked yeah. about on a prior podcast, we talked about how we usually envision like the future to either be completely catastrophic or totally perfect. Yeah. Right. And it's usually neither. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so even our assessment of what we think it's going to be is not helpful. Right. It's not helpful. So what she proposes, the best way to start a decision making progress process is to look backwards mm-hmm. to inform the decision in the now. Mm-hmm. Because, again, you know, peering backwards gives us information. Yeah. It gives us relevant information as opposed to researching 8,000 things, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Looking backwards gives us information to help us move forward. So instead of trying to imagine, well, how is this going to blah, 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 and yeah. spiraling out on that, take a minute and look back. What was a decision that was similar to this before? Yeah. What do I, you know, what do I, what did I like about this? What did I not like about making that decision? Yeah. It reminds me of like, oh, we did a whole episode on regret. Yes, exactly. Right? And how regret is actually makes us human and regret serves us because we're able to go, okay, what did I regret about that? How do I want to do this differently in the future? And it informs the decisions that we make today. I've also heard Emily P. Freeman talk about, she wished, she said that sometimes she wishes that she called it just the next thing because that word right yes, plagues us. Yes. Right. Because we're searching for, it's like, replace that word right with perfect. What's the perfect thing? Oh yeah, thing? we do. What's if we would just keep it thing? at right, it would be fine, but our brains don't do that. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, but the the reality is a lot of times the next thing, there's a lot of, there could be several right things. Yes. Right? Oh yeah. But again, it's that like decision fatigue because it's like, okay, this could be right and this could be right and this could be right and this could be right. Career's in the, you know, another example of this. But then we get like, oh, I just don't know what to do. Do the next thing. What's like, the next thing? Yeah, like just take a step in that direction. And if you start to move in that direction and you realize, I don't like this, there you go. Like yeah, that's instead back. of that it's being fine. like, oh, I made a mistake. No, no, no. I made a step. Right. And from that step, I learned this. So now I can step into this yes. and try that on. We yep. talk about that a lot, right? Like we're going to try this on for a little while. And if it's not the right thing, it's like when you go into a, you go shopping for clothes and you go into the dressing room and you try something on. And you go, oh, not this. Okay. Now you got to go try something else on until you find, but then I don't, and I think this is the reality too. I don't know that you ever arrive. You ever get there and go, yes, this is it. I think we're always evolving and changing and then we are moving, taking the next right. Of course we are. Next right. Yeah. And I think too, I think this is really important to note, you know, just because we made a decision about something and over time, things have changed mm-hmm. doesn't mean we made the wrong decision yes. in the moment. Right. It does not mean that it means things change. That's right. <laughs> it means we change. Yeah. You know, that's really just the way it is. Um, 
one of the other things she talks about when you're making, trying to make a decision is to really name it. Mm. You've got to name what it is you actually want. Mm. Because if you don't take the time to name it, you can't really move forward. Mm -hmm. And so you've got to name, like, what is this decision I'm trying to make? Mm. And then you got to set aside should, right? And you've got to ask yourself, okay, what do I actually want? Not what do I think I should do? What do I actually want to do? Mm -hmm. Now, sometimes we can do what we want. Sometimes we can't. Right. But naming it is vital to allowing us to move forward. And what she talks about is asking those questions. What is it? What is it I actually want to do? Or naming what questions do I have regarding this decision? We ask the questions oftentimes wanting answers, but what the questions give us are arrows toward that next thing. Mm -hmm. So ask yourself the question and let that point the direction of what to do next. So, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to ask you, can you give an example? Like, can you think of something in your life like that Mm. decision that? Yeah. Decision. Okay. Let me think about this. Okay. I can, here's a really, really simple one. Mm -hmm. When we went on vacation a couple of years ago in the Outer Banks, we, (laughs) Frank and I found ourselves spending most of the time in the pool that was at that house. We did not spend a lot of time on the beach. Mm -hmm. We spent a lot of time in the pool. Right. And we loved it. We absolutely loved it. Like we're in that pool going, okay, you know what? We're pool people that it just is. And we need to make this happen. So later that year comes around and we got to make a decision. Are we actually going to invest in putting in a pool? Mm -hmm. Right? Like it's a lot of money and it's a recreational thing. So does it make sense to spend money on that when we got kids going to college and things like that? These were the questions that we had, right? And so I needed to look backwards and go, okay, what made me even want a pool in the first place? Well, when we were in the pool down there, we spent a lot of time there. It was together time. It was play time. It made my body feel better because I was moving and doing things. These are information that I'm gathering from past experience, Mm -hmm. right? And that points the arrow in the right direction. Okay. So the arrow is that was actually really beneficial for me. Mm -hmm. So what's the next thing I need to do? Mm -hmm. Well, the next thing I need to do is find out what exactly are the financials to putting in a pool, right? Because my question is, does it make sense financially? Then another question, Mm -hmm. does it make sense financially when we have kids going to college? So I'm going to look into that, right? And so Mm -hmm. it just, it's following one arrow after the other. And that is a really simple example. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, it was looking backward was okay, but did it really make me happy? And the answer was, yeah, it actually really did. And so I want to move forward with that. So a more complex example of that, when when people like the big question people over so many years have asked is like, how do I know what my purpose is? Right. Like that's such a big, that's a huge, huge plaguing thing. Um, Your purpose is to do the next right thing, by the way. Um, (laughs) But so like a question when when it comes to that, I'm trying to just kind of. Yeah. You're trying to put legs to it. Yeah. Yeah. So is, is goes back to like, when are the times in my life I've felt that flow? Yes. Right. Like time goes by hours. Well, I'm doing this and hours and hours goes by. And I like 
lost all track of time yep. because you're just in the flow. It's yep. like this, it's the thing that you do that you feel like, oh, I love this. And you just come alive. Right. Yep. And so as you think about like, what do I want to do with the rest of my life? Question to ask is what, what are those times? What have been those times? Is that a good example? You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, yeah, absolutely. Like, okay. Absolutely. Yeah. What sets my soul on fire? What can I lose time, lose track of time doing mm -hmm. or thinking or talking about? What could I talk about for an hour straight and forget to go to the bathroom? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Those are great indicators. But I mean, is that like when you say naming the, the decision? So those would be the arrows. So like that, that would be right. looking backward, right. Mm -hmm. At those times yep. and letting them inform how and what direction you move in forward. Mm -hmm. So again, like I, mm, I could talk about the science of happiness and well-being all day long and never come up for air and mm -hmm. love it and feel amazing. Yeah. Okay, cool. What's the next thing I need to do? Well, I need to look into what education in that looks like yes. so that I actually know what I'm talking about when I get yeah. behind a mic. Right. And so it's just following those arrows. We don't often get a complete answer, but we do get direction. Yes. We do get direction. And here's one of the fun things she's, she talks about when we don't get that, when we are not getting clarity, mm -hmm. it may be time to lay down our timeline. Hmm. I know. I thought that was interesting. Hmm. Yeah. She says we may need to lay down our timeline and take a step back and reassess. And maybe this isn't a decision I need to make right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question, right? Do I need, is this a decision that needs to be made? Yeah. Is this a decision that me, needs to be made now? Or is this a decision that can be, yeah, put, lay down the timeline and, and maybe we'll revisit this in the, in the future. Yeah. So, yeah. And then maybe just decide like, I'm going to talk about this, think about this again in six months or next year. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. One of the other things that she talks about, and we have talked about this before, um, she asks the question, are you being pushed by fear or led by love? Mm. Oh my Oy vey, right? Yeah. I know. I know. Pushed what a question to ask. Or led by love. Yeah. Like, okay, I need to change jobs. Let's say that yeah. I need to change jobs, but what if this happens and what if that happens and what if this happens and what if that happens, that is an example of being pushed by fear, Wow. right? Yeah. As opposed to, but I deeply love X, Y, Z, whatever it is mm -hmm. and being pulled by that love led by love toward the decision. Isn't that interesting? It is. And it reminds me of, I love Bob Goff, um, so much and, uh, I remember, I think it was Karen Troutman was telling me a friend of hers got to talk with him. She was in mm -hmm. a major transition time of her life. And she had these two opportunities, job opportunities, and they were significant job op opportunities, both amazing. And, um, and she was fearful, like, what if I make the wrong decision yeah. and all these things? And so she asked Bob, she was like, what, what do I do here? What do you think I should do? And he said, I think you should go. And she was in the people helping kind of business, you know, he said, you need to go where you can love the most people. Well, Oy. 
And I was like, I've always thought about that. Like, yeah. what, where can I love? Because that is a big driver for me, right? Mm-hmm. Like, where can I love the most people well? Um, and so, but that that is, right? Like, yeah, that's a perfect, like, go be led by love, not by fear. Right. Um, yeah. Because I think, I wow. think, I wonder if this is true, but my brain is telling me it is right now. If we feel pushed into a decision, is it always fear pushing? <laughs> it might be. Mm. If somebody, because I've, I've heard this so many times, like if you're on a sales call with somebody and they are being really, really pushy, mm-hmm. don't do it. Yeah. Because there's something wonky there and it's their fear pushing you. Yes. Right. You ever be, you ever time been to share. a car dealership timeshare? Oh my dear God. Lord. What? What even orange First Lake all, in Orlando, Florida? Do people oh, still buy these? My gosh, I almost killed the guy. Really? I was like, let me out of here, or I'm gonna like I'm gonna get violent. Yeah, I don't it was terrible. It was unbelievable. Yeah, I do not do well with pushy salespeople. Mm-mm. I really don't. I no. get super kind of pissy about it. Yeah, I'll never forget. I went <laughs> like car shopping one time and I just got out of the car. And I'm looking at the lot and this guy walks up to me and I swear to you, he said, he actually said the line. Oh no. So what am I going to have to do to get you in this car today? Oh, and I'm like, oh, you, nothing you can are going to need a miracle because now I am leaving. Yeah. Dear Lord, that. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. That's disgusting. Yeah. Don't, don't do that. I love salespeople who see themselves as, and cause I am in sales as well. Right. And so part of what I do and, but it's because my heart is I'm going to help people. Right. I don't want to sell you anything. Yeah. I want to help you. And if this isn't going to help you, that's okay. Oh gosh. Yeah. 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 Be led by love in your decision-making versus fear. Versus fear. Versus fear. Am I making the decision out of a place of fear or am I making it out of a place of love? And sometimes it's love for others. And, but then sometimes it's love for yourself and for how you're well, uniquely that. wired. There's that. Right. Yeah. Cause sometimes we can put ourselves on the back burner mm-hmm. in an attempt to do the right thing, make the right decision. Yeah. And then we end up miserable. Yes. Because we, out of duty and obligation, we did this. Right. And we sacrificed yeah. our well being. Yeah. We sacrifice our sense of self and identity Yeah, is what we end up doing. And and we think it's the right thing, but it's not because it's coming from a place of fear. Been there, been there. Yeah. Like, what if I let these people down? But we didn't ask the question, what if I'm letting myself down? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. We've got to stop doing that. Yeah. We've got to stop doing that. And, and it also makes me think of this, something you said earlier triggered this thought, you know, so often we think that there is one answer. Mm. there's one right answer Mm -hmm. to whatever the decision is. And that is almost never the case, right? Almost never the case. And I want to take a second that that is the case. Well, I'm going to tell you why I'll tell you why I think that is. Um, And I'm going to talk for a second to the people who are in faith spaces or have been in faith spaces. I think we are taught that there is God's will And there is not God's will Mm. and there is no in between and God's will is one thing, Mm. right? And so we're terrified of stepping out of God's will. That's so true. How many times have we heard that? You don't want to step out of God's will because then he can't help you. Well, that can't bless you. Bullshit. Yeah. First of all, Mm. it's not true. And 
I think we just get, it just wires into our brain. When you hear it enough, it wires it into your brain. There is one way Mm -hmm. and it's God's will. And if we miss it, we Whoa. have thrown our whole lives off track. Yeah. And we completely not, negate God's grace. Exactly. Not only is that bad theology. Yeah. Yeah. Not only is that bad theology, but the science doesn't support it. Either. Yeah. It really, really doesn't. And so we need to get over this idea that there is one way. Yeah. One right thing for us. One answer. Because yeah. it's not the truth. No. We could live so many different, beautiful versions of our lives. Yep. And it's entirely our choice. That's right. We have the choice to pick that. You know, somebody asked me, if you had an alternative life, what would you do? And that's where I came up with the name for my coaching business. Because I said, oh my gosh, I could tell you because I've already, like I've talked about it a thousand times. I would open a bakery. I would have a bakery Mm -hmm. called Shut Up and Eat It. And it would be amazing. Mm -hmm. And I would make all these treats and people would love them because I love baking. I, I actually really do. Um, I just don't love the hours of a baker. My word, no. I'm not getting up at three o'clock in the morning. It's just never happening. <laughs> I mean, I'm barely up at seven. I can't even imagine. Oh. But but that could, could I live that? Mm. Absolutely, I could if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. And it would be another beautiful version of my life. Mm-hmm. It's just not the one that I chose. Right. Doesn't mean it was wrong. Right. Doesn't, Doesn't mean, mean it wasn't God's will. Exactly. Re- yeah. 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 It's very, very I think true. God's will, and I'm using air quotes, is a lot broader. My gosh. Than we think it is. It really is because his grace is so much broader than we we can comprehend. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh. And even not coming from mm-hmm. a faith perspective, mm-hmm. we are so much broader than we think we yeah. are. We are not just good at one thing. Yeah. There are many things we could do with our lives and it could all be good. Yes. It that's could all where be good. That whole idea of I've got to find my purpose is it's such a myth. And it's so it is. it is so detrimental to you as a person. I felt that for so many years. Am I living my purpose? Am I oh, living I know, my right. purpose? Like well, because I think we have, were asked it pretty yes. much on the daily. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You can have a life mission, and we all should have a life mission. Yes. But that again. But that's very broad, broad. very broad. And you should be able to, well, that's a whole other podcast Mm -hmm. and we need to write that down, Mm -hmm. but you can live your life mission doing anything. Yes. It's not career dependent or, you know, whatever. Everywhere you go. That's right. That's a whole other. Oh gosh. Yes. That's a whole other thing. And while Mm -hmm. we're at it, just because we're good at something Mm -hmm. doesn't mean we need to do it. No. And I did that for the longest time. Hmm. And it did not serve me well. It did not serve me well. So you all know, most of you know, I did hair for 15 years. Mm -hmm. I loved doing hair. Mm -hmm. I was good at doing hair. And it it was great. And when I had to give up that career for medical reasons, I did not know what I was going to do. And I heard a ton, a ton of people saying, you should go into makeup, styling, like whether Mm -hmm. it's, um, clothing, image consulting. Oh my gosh, you'd be perfect for that. Oh my gosh, you should do that. You should do that. And I gotta be honest with you in deep down in my gut. I did not want to do it. Oh, I didn't didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't want to do it. It made sense. Right. It was something that came naturally to me. Mm -hmm. So to get some education in it would just kind of be the cherry on top. It would be easy for me to do. Yeah. Very easy. And so I went 
and I got the education and I got the certification and I did it and it was easy Mm. and people loved it and I didn't want to do it. Yeah. Just because you're good at something doesn't mean you need to do it. Yeah. Some things are that, that happens to me when my kids were younger as a hobby, I started making cakes. Like I'm talking awesome ace of cakes, cakes, right. Carving the cakes, doing all the things with the cakes. Right. And because I was good at it, people started to say, can I buy your cakes? You should sell your cakes. You should start a cake decorating business. You do. Right. And so I, I took something that I loved and that was a hobby and an incredible creative outlet for me that just, I loved it so much, turned it into a business Mm. and then I hated it. Yeah. And so some things, like you just said, just because you're good at it, just because other people say you should do it, go with your gut, listen to like, is this like play it, look at down the road, you know, and like, is, is this something that is sustainable? Is this something that I can see myself doing? And yeah. Yeah. And your intuition will tell you, you just have to be listening. Yeah. And so I think one of the best pieces of of advice that we can give you when it comes to decision-making, if you're really stumped, get quiet, Mm. get really, really quiet and listen to what your intuition is telling you. Listen to what your intuition is telling you. Because it speaks to us all the time. It really, really does. And sometimes it speaks to us through our body, mm-hmm. right? So when you had said earlier about trying things on, mm-hmm. that's something that I do all the time. Like I'm going to try on, how does it feel to have this answer for the day? I'm mm-hmm. going to do this. Mm-hmm. And here's what's so cool about trying on different answers. Our brain, and and we've said this before too, our brain doesn't know the difference right. as to whether it's actually happening or we're just thinking about it happening. Mm -hmm. Our brain doesn't know the difference. And so our body is going to respond to trying those things on. But if we are not quiet enough or in tune enough with ourselves, we're not going to hear it. Mm -hmm. That I think is, when we talk about, well, I don't want to go there. I'll just say this. In our society and the culture that we live in, it's so noisy. Oh my gosh. It's so noisy. So there's so much information coming at us. There's whether it's like, I know people that literally cannot be like, be in a room where there's no noise. There's either a radio on or a television. I would say most people Mm. are that way. Radio on television on, like there's just constant noise or you're looking on your phone and that information, right? Scrolling and constantly. Over the last several years of my life, I have made it a daily practice to sit in silence and to be still. And sometimes that I'll do that for, you know, I'll go away and do that for hours. Sometimes I'll go and I'll sit at a park and just take a chair and I'll just sit there for hours. I'm not reading anything. I'm not looking at, and that goes against how I am wired. Oh, like, I know. Right. Yeah. So much so because that requires me to feel things. Yeah. And not just happy emotions, things come up. Yeah. Right. I can't tell you how much my life has changed. And how much I think I make such, there's different thinking conditions and the being quiet, being still, you tap into a part of your brain that we completely miss because there's so much noise. And so I don't, I don't know, like a walk away from this podcast is like, 
figure out a time. This is just a challenge should you choose to accept it. But figure, especially if you have a big decision to make. Yeah. Go away. Yeah. A good friend of mine just texted me the other day. He said, hey, I just want you to know I'm going away this day and this day because I'm trying to figure out, like, should I keep doing what I'm doing career-wise? Should I step into something new? It's a really big decision. Will you pray for me? Will you just like, you know, whatever? And, and I was like, wow, that's amazing. That is such wisdom. But how often, think about it. When is the last time you sat in silence? Yeah. When is the last time you were intentional about just being quiet, being yeah. still and just like come turn, turn, turning down all of the noise. Get off you'll social be, media. <laughs> yes. You'll be amazed at the clarity that you have. Yeah. And, and not just in the decision, like the big, huge decision you have to make right now, but when you make that a daily habit or a weekly habit, right? Yeah. Whatever, like do something. Because I, I think that in our society, like you never, like that's not something that we do. No. Oh my gosh. No. Still sitting in silence. Oh gosh. No. It's follow more people. Listen to more people. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Missing out. So that's a, a, that's so great. That's such great advice. Um, if you want a, uh, an an amazing read along those lines, um, there's a book, my spiritual director had me read called let your life speak by Parker Palmer. Oh, it's really great, especially when you're, you know, looking at things like calling and vocation and things like that. Yeah. But get a load of this quote, and I don't even know what to do with it. So I'm just throwing it out there. But here's a quote from Let Your Life Speak by Parker Palmer. Is the life you're living the same life that wants to be lived in you? Before you tell your life what you intend to do with it, listen for what it wants to do with you. Okay. You got to read that again. Lord of mercy. I don't even know what to do with this quote. Okay. Is the life you're living the same life that wants to be lived in you before you tell your life, what you intend to do with it, listen for what it wants to do with you. Mm. I don't know what to do with that. I don't know what to do with that. I mean, obviously that's something you need to get quiet about, but it makes me think like, gosh, if it's constantly struggle, if it's constantly striving, Mm -hmm. if it's constant hustle, Mm -hmm. is that really the life that wants to be lived in you? Mm. I can tell you right now, it's not. No, I'm sure it's not. It's not. I'm sure it's not. That reminds me of a book um, I read years and years ago by Valerie Burton called Listen to Your Life. Mm -hmm. It sounds very, very similar. And that was like, and that was more of a, not a read this book, but a work through this book. Um, And that required me to like read some get away, think about it, journal, holy cow, listen to your life. But that that's next level right there. That right? Is I know. So good. I know. I know. And that's one that I still need to sit with to fully, to fully understand and, yeah. and, and comprehend. Yeah. yeah. It's good. Wow. What's the name of that book again? I don't Let know your life is. speak by Parker Palmer. Let your life speak. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's good stuff. So I hope that we've been able to give you some good, (laughs) some good tips on making good decisions, right? So if it's a small decision, maximize, do your research, have fun with that. If you want to, Mm -hmm. if you want to, you don't have to, Yeah. if it's a big thing, go with your gut. You're going to be happier in the end. Mm -hmm. Start with questions. Start with questions. What are the questions I have around this decision Mm -hmm. and let them give that, let the answers to those questions point the arrows in the right direction. That's so good. Right. Let the arrows 
direct you. You yeah. don't need to be at the end. You just need to know the direction. Right. You just need right. to know the direction. Don't make a decision at the end of the day. <laughs> Sleep on it. When you're tired, don't make a decision. Yeah. Right. And don't make decisions based on fear. Make decisions based on uh, led by love. Don't be pushed by fear. Be led by love. I thought that was so good. Yeah. Yeah. And one other thing that I thought was interesting um, that I learned about in, in some of these studies, but they suggested that have a number in your head of what's acceptable of options. Mm. So like if I'm trying to pick a car, a new car, well, there's tons of different cars out there. Right. I, three. I'm going to look at three. Yeah. And then I'm going to pick one. That's good. That's it. That's a, yeah, that is so good. I actually did that when I was just getting a car. I was like, okay, it's between this one, this one, and this yeah. one. Cause I could make myself crazy. Yeah. Right. Or I could just narrow it down. It's Three true. is my number. That's yeah. it. Again, I know. And I, this is, this must be like my problem, but wardrobe, the decision fatigue we can get mm. by having so many articles of clothing in our closet is crazy. Decide how many you're going to have. Yeah. Don't let it just happen. Go with 11. Decide. Just kidding. I can't help you. Some people do that. I cannot do this. I try. So anyway. It's true. Clean out your closet. Yep. Less, less choices. Oy vey. Put your clothes out the night before. Yeah. That's a good. That's yeah. Cause then you, well, <laughs> it depends on when you're doing it. <laughs> oh, because you might true. be so wiped Don't at the end of the day. It's like, you know what? I cannot do this right yeah, now. That's so funny. <laughs> so, funny. Oh. so I hope that this helps in your yeah. decision-making process. So I'm curious, Christine, mm-hmm. how are you going to take this and live your freaking life this week? Mm. Well, I'm certainly going to really, um, I, I got to think about that quote. I think that that's I the know, big thing for right. me is really, yeah. Yeah. I, I gotta, uh, yeah, I've got to get a copy of that and put that down, but I think continuing to work on stopping the spin when I feel it, I've been noticing, right? Like, oh, what's happening right now? Oh, I'm spinning. I'm ruminating yeah. right over this. And then I'm just going to decide because it's, um, it's a waste of time. It's, and then clearly the research shows that it does not lead to happiness and well-being. So yeah. yeah. How about you? Yeah. Um, I honestly, same with you. I think I need to go back and reread let your life speak. It's not a long book. It's a short book. It's smaller. Mm. Um, so it won't take much. And I read it probably over a year ago, Okay, but I think I'd like to go back and reread that because I'm not great at the silence thing mm. now, not on purpose. Mm-hmm. Like I actually enjoy silence. I don't make room for it. Mm. Okay. So I think I need to make some room for that. And I would like to reread that book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think those are my steps. And I, I think that's interesting that you said that you, don't, it's not that you don't enjoy it. You don't make room for it. I would, I would think based a lot of people that I talk to, um, they don't enjoy it because it's uncomfortable Yeah, because we don't ever do it. And a lot of times the things that we don't, we're not used to are very uncomfortable, but I implore you, not you, I'm talking to everybody right now, right? Like embrace the, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yes. Right. And just sit in it and you will see over time, you will see the value of it. You'll see the clarity that comes from it. You'll see the better decisions that you're making. Like it, I I can't tell you enough from a person that was plagued with hurry and hustle and 
all of high capacity. Yay. Go, go, go drive, 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 drive. I hate those two words. Oh my gosh. I do too. High capacity. Every time you say it, I I cringe. When I hear high capacity, I hear burnout. Yeah. I don't think I like it because we don't allow when you're high capacity. It usually means you're not making space for the sacred slow. Yeah. Mm. And then that leads to, yeah, it's a mess. Yeah. It's a mess. Yeah. Quiet man. Yeah. Helps us make the best decisions because we can hear ourselves. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep, Mm, yep. Good stuff. All right. We will see you all next week. Go live your freaking life. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Do it.